You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 73. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Do prospects view you as a product pusher or a problem solver? It's a good question. Might be a question that you don't want the answer to. (laughs) Or you may not even know the answer. If so, know this, you are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a well-thought-out process for becoming what I call a professional problem solver, and they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really learned a stepwise approach to helping people understand that the prospect has challenges and the advisor has solutions. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn to become a professional problem solver. That's what we're going to talk about today. How to have a process for helping prospects and clients alike to understand that they have challenges and you have solutions. So if you're ready to learn a strategy for having prospects view you as a professional problem solver, and stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to have prospects view you as a professional problem solver? Well, think of it this way. If you're a one-size-fits-all product pusher, then you can easily be replaced by any client, any time. But if you're a trusted advisor, they'll never want to replace you. Also, the prospect will always view you in a whole different light as somebody that they need because you can solve their problems. And a lot of times, these are problems that they didn't even know they had. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast today, because I want you to understand that there's a way to easily be viewed as a trusted advisor. So we're going to cover three things in this podcast today. First, My story from product pusher to problem solver, so that you can learn from my mistakes. Second, how to become a professional problem solver, so that you have a step-by-step approach to how you approach prospects and keep clients. And third, how Advisor Solutions solves problems, so that you know what to do if you're ready to succeed. Now, before we jump into those three things, that we're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like and your life be like if you knew exactly what to do to be viewed as a trusted advisor by prospects and by clients? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. From Product Pusher to Problem Solver. If you've been listening to these podcasts, you probably know my backstory. But what you may not know are the details. Let me explain what I mean. I got into the business 30 years ago in 1993. I was a 26-year-old kid, so to speak, who didn't know anything about the market, investing, investment products, or what value I could bring anybody. 
In fact, when I noticed a job ad in the newspaper, because we didn't have the internet back then, I remember thinking to myself about that title, Registered Investment Advisor. It sounded pretty impressive. And after three interviews, I got the job. And when they offered me the job, they told me the reason they gave me the job. Quote, Mary told us to, unquote, <laughs> was, was what one of the principal partners said to me. You see, Mary, Mary was the secretary. She just happened to be married to one of the principal partners. So what I learned right then and there, what I learned was from getting that job, that it wasn't what you know, it's who you know. The only thing was, I really didn't even know Mary. She was just the person in a, that I talked to each time I went back for an interview. And she was waiting to speak to me because she was just kind of bored. And so, at that point, I got the job. How the Product Pusher was born. Okay, so you know I got the job. I got one foot in the door, but it, it was up to me to stay in the room. I was one of two people that were hired at the same time. And we both shared the same office. We shared the same computer, and we both had the exact same script. I could hear this guy all day long. He was right behind me. We had our faces facing the wall, opposite walls, and our backs to each other. But what we didn't share was the same drive. I was making more calls, setting more appointments, meeting with more people, and actually, it was going pretty well. So when they needed to reduce their overhead, they let him go. If they would have let me go, I guarantee you, you wouldn't be listening to this today. <laughs> or any episodes. The registered investment advisory firm that I worked for was small. It consisted of three former financial advisors who, who left their company and started a discount brokerage firm in the late 80s, early 90s. And to streamline things, they created their own RIA, registered investment advisory firm. And they had two products, a mutual fund portfolio, and they referred to it as a fund of funds, so to speak, because they were using mutual funds in there that they called the best of the best, <laughs> both load and no-load funds. This was basically a model portfolio, but it was something new. A lot of people didn't have that back in the early 90s. And they also had a hedged equity portfolio. It was just 12 blue-chip stocks that, that they did covered call writing against to increase their returns, which, by the way, it worked, because in 1993, I think it was, they were... They were up 14% when the market was basically flat. The only problem was that I only had two products that I didn't really understand anyway. I didn't understand either of them. So they had me take the Series 65 so that I was at least licensed as a registered investment advisor. So I got the title, which, which was great, but I still didn't fully understand. I didn't understand the products. I didn't understand options and what they were doing. And what I did understand is that we only had two products, and I was supposed to tell as many people as I could about those products, as many CEOs and business owners of mid-sized companies and comptrollers as I could. And they wanted me to set appointments to go tell the story or push the product, basically, and find out as much as I could about the prospect and then set another appointment if the prospect was qualified so that I could bring one of the principal partners back with me to close. And... That's how the product pusher was born. I got a job, got a license, got a script, got a story down pat, and got to work. 
telling anybody that would listen. <laughs> and then I went to the next level, to what I call my business evolution. I got out. <laughs> it's really the next step. How the Product Pusher Changed Products So a year went by, and it was 1994. I learned a lot in that year. I got rejected a lot, too, but I didn't care. What I, what I learned most was that I didn't have a fear of rejection after a while and that I set a lot of appointments. In fact, I set 60 appointments in October of that year. I was going on and setting three appointments a day, both. I was a machine. But the problem was that something was missing, and I felt like I was building somebody else's business, which I was, and it wasn't mine. So I decided it was time to move on, move on to a much bigger firm and learn more more about these products and learn how I can help people and, and basically build my own business. So I moved. I moved to A.G. Edwards & Sons. I don't know if you remember that. The company's not around anymore, but I moved there in December 1994, which is a long time ago. By late April 1995, I had all the licenses, Series 7, 63, Life and Health, all of that stuff, just like you probably do. And I also had three weeks of training in St. Louis at the corporate headquarters. Still have the diploma on the wall today. Kind of proud of that. And when I got back from training, I was given the absolute worst piece of advice from my branch manager that I could ever get. Quote, you could take one product and sell it to everyone for your entire career, and you build a huge career on that one product. Unquote. In other words, you can be a product pusher, and just by the law of averages, you can succeed if you tell enough people about your product. And that's what I had done before. And I thought that's what you do. And so I started with the AIM Value Fund, because the AIM Mutual Fund wholesaler got wind of the rookie in the office from the branch manager, and he walked into my office soon after that to explain why this was the best product out there, the AIM Value Fund. I don't know if it was a good product or not, and to this day, I haven't really looked at the returns of it, but I bought the story, and I bought the story so much that I put my own dad into it. So, over the course of a few months, I went out and told everybody about the new product story. That is, until one day, I'm sitting in this prospect's office, and, and I was telling him about the AIM Value Fund. Now, I have nothing against AIM Value or any AIM funds, and I don't even know anything about him at this point. But I was sitting there, and I was telling him about the AIM Value Fund and and why he needed to put all of his money into that one mutual fund. And, and then he asked me the tough question. He said, but why is it right for me? And I honestly didn't have an answer. Instead, I just gave him a canned response. If it's right for my dad, then it's right for you, I said to him. But that wasn't the reason why he specifically should own it. Who knows if it was right for him? Plus, why would you want to put all your money in one mutual fund? And to be honest, I didn't really know why he should put all of his money into that one fund either. In fact, at the time, I didn't realize that, that he absolutely should not do that because there's no diversification. But I was pushing a product. When the product pusher goes product hopping, so after months of telling 
people or trying to tell people why, why they needed the AIM Value Fund, I got disillusioned. People didn't really care about this fund. They didn't care about one mutual fund and why they should put all their money in it. And it was just one mutual fund. And they probably shouldn't care about that. But my boss thought it was a great idea. That is until he found something else. <laughs> he showed me something unique for the time, for that time. It was an exchange-traded fund, an ETF, that was called the Dogs of the Dow or the Dow Dividend Strategy. Maybe you've heard of it. But basically, it was five stocks from the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Back then, the numbers looked great. In fact, it was impressive. It had outpaced the Dow Jones Industrial Average 18 out of 20 years. It had an impressive five-year return, average annual return of 25%. So, <laughs> I hopped to that product and opened up 100 accounts the next year. I just went out and told the story. Then the next year, after that, I opened another 100 accounts. But, just like any product pusher knows, there's always a better product. So by year three, I started having questions for my clients. My clients would question that this strategy that I sold them on performance was really not that great or wasn't as great as I said it was. It wasn't the solution. So when they would get 18% in a year and, and not beat the Dow, clients started questioning why they should even own it, especially if it was a couple of years in a row. Why not just own the index fund? They would say to me, well, at least that year, the index was better than the Dow 5. And that's when I had the aha moment, and I realized that product pushing and, and being a product hopper was never really going to work for me because I'd always be valued as a product pusher. And there's always going to be another time when some other product was better than the one that I had. So that's when I went to the next step, the next step in my business evolution, that is. <laughs> When the product pusher becomes the problem solver. So I decided to stop asking my boss for advice. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Instead, I would ask other successful advisors in the office what they did. The interesting thing, back then anyway, in an office with 30 advisors, you basically got 30 different small businesses all running under the same roof. One guy was a product pusher and put everybody into annuities because he got a better payout. Another guy was a bond trader and only worked with bond managers. Still another, a 70-year-old, 70-plus 70 maybe, German guy, was an options trader, trading options all the time and had discretion in these accounts. He was making a killing. I don't know if his clients were. That made me even more confused. Until I spoke with a friend in the office that suggested that I do some financial plans. Diversify the client's portfolios over several different types of investments, if need be, and put those clients into better investments. In other words, help them. Help the clients understand their challenges before even recommending anything. Don't come in and just push a product. And don't be so focused on that one product other advisors were touting. Instead, customize the solutions based on the client's challenges and that's when I realized the shift. That's when I had that aha moment, and I realized that all I had to do was find out about them. What were their goals, their time horizon, their risk factor, their current investments, and, and put a plan together for them? Then, 
explain what they currently had and help them, if they needed help, to understand what they have won't get them to where they want to be, if that's the case. And then my recommendations could and would solve their problems. And that's how I made the switch from a product pusher to a problem solver. So if you can relate to my story and want to know how to become a professional problem solver, you're in luck. Because that is what we're going to talk about next. How to become a professional problem solver. Okay, now that you understand my backstory, are you starting to understand your own backstory a little bit better? Hopefully you didn't make the same mistakes I did. Brian Tracy, a well-known motivational speaker and author, said it best when he said, Your ability to solve problems and make good decisions is the true measure of your skill as a leader. We've all had an experience where a salesperson tried to sell us something. They seemed to embody the definition of product pusher. And they told us, and anybody else who was going to listen, why we needed their products and services. However, we've also had the experience where we, we met a salesperson and they seemed to be more like a problem solver, trying to help with a, a problem that we could not solve without their product or service. You see, the main difference is how the problem solver takes the time to, to ask the right questions and to help the prospect understand why they should buy. People hate to be sold, but they love to buy. So let's take a look at a stepwise process for becoming viewed as the professional problem solver. Step one, identify your target market's challenges. You can't become a problem solver if you don't know what your target market's problems are. That's why it's important to, to map out the most common challenges that your prospect and clients face. So if you're at this step, here's something that you could do. First, look at your top 40 clients. Then identify their commonalities. Are they business owners? Are they executives? Are they, what are they? <laughs> Next, identify why you, why you want to work with them and why you like working with them. And then also identify every challenge that they've ever had because others will have the same challenge. But what if, you, what if you're tapping into a new target market and you don't know what their challenges are? Well, let me tell you a quick story about a financial advisor, William. That's not his real name. Take William D., for example, a seven-year veteran financial advisor that I coach who realized that in his career, he wanted to focus on business owners. He had never really worked with business owners before and didn't really understand their challenges. And he had never been a business owner. But he did have his company's resources. And he began to research the subject because I told him to. And then we went to the next step. Step two, identify your target market's solutions. Once you identify your target market's challenges, it's time to find the solutions. That way, you can begin to put your practice into solving their problems. So, but what if you don't know the solutions? Well, what you could do is you could call the back office and find someone that can help. You could ask a colleague if they have experience working with your target market. 
and what challenges your target market went through and what did they do what were the solutions you could learn the company's software to see if there's anything in there that can give you the solutions also you can always call me i've been working in this industry for 30 years and i've been coaching financial advisors and insurance agents and wholesalers and so on since 2004 so i'm pretty confident that i can help you with any challenge that you have let's get back to that story about william William determined that there were four major areas in which business owners experienced challenges. First, reducing taxes. Second, having the right insurance. Third, having a business succession plan in place. And fourth, having the right investment strategy customized for them. He went to work on researching the products and services that his company provided for each topic, and he got into it. And eventually, he became pretty well-versed in, in helping business owners in each one of those areas. But also, he became pretty well-versed in, in what happens if you don't get help. And then, we went to the next step. Step 3. Communicate your value to your target market. Knowing your target market is one thing, but knowing how to connect with your target market is another. That's why it's so important to, to understand how to communicate your value. The following are a few musts, quote, musts, unquote, when approaching a prospect. You must have a systematic way to find your target market. Otherwise, you're not talking to the right people. You must clearly state the three biggest benefits of them meeting with you. Otherwise, they won't meet with you because they don't see the value. You must have a way to handle all of their most common objections. Otherwise, you're just going to keep Pounding your head against the wall. You must have a game for prospecting daily with a reward and punishment system to keep you motivated. You must have someone to be accountable to. You see, that's what I teach advisors and agents to do, to be able to be accountable and to know what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. That's what I call effortless connections, being able to communicate with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Back to the story about William. Over a few weeks, I taught William tools and techniques, which he needed to learn to be successful at approaching his target market. This takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But it did happen. He got better. He got better at knowing what to say and how to say it and when to say it and how to handle objections, how to communicate his value. He continued this process every day, prospecting to his target market. And... Little by little, he started to set appointments. This process allowed him to fill up his pipeline, his prospecting pipeline. So we went to the next step. Step four, solve your target market's problems. To truly show your value, it takes what I call structured dialogue in which you know how to ask the right questions to help the prospect understand their current situation their challenges, the long-term implication of not fixing the challenges, and, of course, your value, the value of your solutions. It's a technique called SPIN selling. SPIN is an acronym for different types of questions. Situational, problem, implication, and needs payoff. This approach sets the stage for, for you to solve their problems. See, and a lot of times they don't even know what their problem is until you ask the right questions. So this is actually where the rubber meets the road. 
It's where you help them to understand what you can do for them and to help them understand what you understand. Like I said before, nobody likes to be sold, but everybody likes to buy. It, this is something that I keep saying over and over again because it's true. And the way you get people to buy is when they fully understand why they should buy. In other words, if you ask the right questions and help them to understand what you understand, they'll become a client. It's that simple. And it's what I coach on every day. Now, back to the story. William incorporated spin selling into his first appointment process, and as a result, he typically would set a second appointment before they even left his office. <laughs> About a week later, he would meet with the prospect again and ask additional questions with a technique that I created called the question path exercise to help them truly understand what they needed to do before he even showed them the recommendations. This approach worked, worked very well for him and for a lot of my clients. And it didn't take him long before he got his business to the next level. Now, here's the crazy conclusion to the story. He recently gathered in just one meeting. He gathered more in one meeting than he did in one month, the previous month. And why? Because he showed his value to the right person who needed his help. And it worked. So, why does being a professional problem solver work? Problem solving works so well because when the prospect realizes that they have challenges and that you have solutions, you're viewed as an expert. You're no longer selling. Instead, they understand that they need to buy. How Advisor Solutions Solves Problems So I said that we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, my story from product pusher to problem solver. Check, we did that. Second, how to become a professional problem solver. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is how advisor solutions solves problems. So that you know what to do if you want to get to the next level. What you know about me is that I was a financial advisor and I went from a product pusher to a problem solver. But what you don't know, or might not know, is that how that translates to advisor solutions. See, Advisor Solutions, as you probably know, is a business development consulting and coaching service. We're in the business of helping advisors build a better business, one solution at a time. So how do we do that? It's all about challenges and solutions. And when I started coaching in 2004, I realized this. For any challenge that you've ever had, and any challenge that you have right now, and any challenge that you will have, know this. There is always, always, always a solution. There's always a solution. In fact, I wrote a 473-page book on it called 101 Advisor Solutions, and another 415-page book called Advisor Life. Point is, the value that Advisor Solutions brings to financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and agency managers is that I help them, we help them, understand their challenges and understand the solutions, as well as apply it 
the solutions, that is, so they have lasting transformation. You see, people love to get information. They don't love to do application. That's where I come in. By helping you apply what you learn, I can help you get real transformation. So, if you're ready to get real transformation, email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Simply write, let's talk in the subject line, along with a little bit about yourself and, and some of the challenges that you're going through, and I'll reply. And we'll set up a time for us to do a free coaching session. Because if you do, you'll start the process of getting the connections, camaraderie, and ancillary learning that you've always needed. Also, you'll be able to finally know how to become a professional problem solver. And that will get you to the next level. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.